0: Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this morning. And now I just pray you just come and just comfort every single person. God, there might be anticipations and anxieties. There might be worries and frets about tomorrow or next week or next month or whatever it is. And, God, we just want to take all those things and set them aside and open up and allow you to speak to us. And God, that's my prayer for every single person. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I uh, we we were reading a Facebook post from uh, which can be dangerous, by the way. Facebook posts from a, a friend of ours, a pastor. He's a pastor, and this is basically the story he, he told. He said he was in line at McDonald's, and uh, there was he was ordering that he, you know try to figure out you know uh, how to what to order and things like that, which is really you know. Sort of funny because it's not like they have a new menu. It's the same thing, but I won't get lost there. So he was taking a little bit longer. So the guy behind him was a young, young, young boy in his car, and, and he just honked a few times. He said, man, come on. What are you doing so long? And this really irritated my pastor friend, and he said he drove around, and the, the guy ordered and And as he, he, he was coming up to the window, he just thought, man. I just, but then something kind of him and said, that's not the way I'm supposed to respond. That's not the way I'm supposed to act. I'm not supposed to do that. So he said, so he gets to the window, and he pays for his, and he says, the guy behind me, I'm going to for his as well. So he paid for his, and uh, paid for both of them, got three seats for both of them, and, and moved on. And But something began to creep up inside of him, and as he gets to the window, he's thinking, I can't believe that, that young kid was honking at me, calling me an old man or whatever. So he was getting a little bit more agitated, but the, the, the young man pulled up at the window, saw that his... Uh, meal was paid for, stuck out his hand, and, and waved at him. So he's thinking, okay, well, maybe, you know, he's got the better attitude or whatever. But by the time it, the food comes, he, is, he is, he's, he's in a different mindset. So he shows both receipts, takes both bags of food, and drives off with the guy's food that he just left behind him said, oh, you t- honk at this old man, you see what happens. So now he's going to have to go through, he's going to go all the way back around, reorder, do everything. Now, I don't believe the story a bit because I know this guy, that's not what he is. That's not what he does. <laughs> but this, he probably got it somewhere. But I thought about that and I thought, you know what, that's a lot like our life. It doesn't matter how well-intended you are. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of a good intention you have toward people. It doesn't matter how, what kind of even good thoughts you have toward people. It matters what you do. Even though he paid in the end, he lost it all <laughs> because he didn't, he didn't go through with actually doing the kind act. Now, it's interesting, 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, there's a real strong word. It says, uh, the NIV translates it command. It might be instructing your version or whatever. But basically in, in, uh, in this uh, chapter, he says, look, what, however you're blessed, however you are enlarged <laughs> with riches or whatever, use it generously to help other people. You should use the resources, the things we have, and and to some degree, everyone is blessed. Even if you might be struggling right now financially, there's so many things that we can do, so many ways that we can help out, so many ways that we can make a difference. He says, so bless people. Do something. Use your finances. It's God's finances that he gave you. Use it for God, right? Use it appropriately. And then he goes on and says this verse, which is really what I want to get to. Look at verse 19 in chapter 6. He says, as you do this, as you are generous with the resources you have, with the finances, the money you have, whatever, uh, the talents, your time, all those things, as you are, you are actually laying up treasures for yourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. That means in eternity. You got me? <laughs> so you are doing the acts you're doing here. You got to get this because this, you know, blow your mind. The acts you're doing here, the goodness you're doing here, when you do it for God, when you do it unto God, when you do it in His name, you are actually laying up uh, uh, treasures in heaven so that, here it is, they may take hold of the life that is truly life. See the circle? If you do something now, you're actually changing or making a a difference for the treasure, and I don't even begin to pretend what treasures are in heaven, (laughs) you know, because it's not gold, right, you know, because we're in heaven, what are you going to do, spend it? You're going to give a bank account? No, no. <laughs> there's some kind of treasure. There's some kind of, of, of good things that you will value in heaven in eternity that you're actually storing up, that you're actually doing. And if you do that, watch what happens. You can actually make a difference here. That is taking hold. It, it's grabbing. It's, it's picking up the life that you have here, the, it, the difference that you can make in somebody's life right here, right now. And I believe that's important for us to understand. We have to take actions that take hold. We have to take actions. We've been talking about how do we surge? <laughs> how do I get p- better, basically? How do I get stronger in God? How do I grow in my relationship with God? How, how do I make it more than just a religious act, but something that's real and powerful and moving? How do we surge forward, right? I mean, talking about that, I believe it really it comes down to understanding this thought. Understanding this. How do we take hold? How do we... Uh, overcome these things that are coming against us or that actions that really make a difference in someone's life. So I want to talk about something very simple. Where is God in your life? Where God? Where, where God are you in my life? Where are you in my marriage? Where are you in my relationships? Where are you in my work? Where God? <laughs> where? It's not grammatically correct, but I think you get the point. Where God? where are you? What are you doing? And how does that affect my life? And that affects what's going on. I'm going to tell you a story about Elijah and Elisha. Now, these are two Old Testament prophets. Elijah was an incredible man of God. I could literally spend the next hour explaining how God used him. I mean, he was on Mount Carmel and and called fire down from heaven. I mean, he He was able to do amazing things, and miracles flow through him. So he's a a man of God, God favored him, probably as far as you read the Old Testament, one of the greatest Old Testament prophets that we see, right? Well, Elijah's done, though. His time is done. And so God says, I want you to go get Elisha. (laughs) And so he goes and gets Elisha, and Elisha then comes alongside of him as as his pupil, as his student, as his disciple as the soon-to-be prophet, you know, as, as the understudy. And so he's walking around and going with him, and he gets to the very end. And it seems that, as you read the story in 2 Kings chapter 2, that everybody knows Elijah's about to go. Everybody knows something dramatic has happened. And, of course, being the greatest prophet ever, God was going to do it in a big way. And so Elijah and Elisha are walking together. And along the way, Elijah says, Elisha, you don't have to go with me. I'm, I'm about to go and meet God. So you just, you, you go on. And Elijah said, no, 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 I will not leave you. Now there is something profound. I just don't have the time to talk about it to all of us, but there's something profound about connection. Your prosperity, your strength, your spiritual growth is Connected. It's always connected to a church, to a people, to a place, to an area. It is connected because where you, where you sow, you reap. And so what happens is that Elisha says, I'm not leaving you. <laughs> there's no way. Wherever you go, I go. Whatever happens to me, that's what it happens. And they come up to the Jordan River, which is really full, and there's no way to get across it. I mean, to swim across it would be death. And so Elijah, because he is a prophet, takes his mantle, his cloak, that represents his authority, takes it, folds it up, hits the water, and the water divides. Why? Just because he wants to get on the other side. Now, you got to get that. <laughs> there, is, there is power and authority in Elijah. Elisha's standing there going, yo, look at that. <laughs> He's walking on dry land. I don't know if the waters just stopped and are on the side. He doesn't say, but they walked across Elijah and Elisha. And as they were moving on to just just tell the story, and you have to read 2 Kings or really uh, uh, chapter 2 to catch the whole story, but he's walking along, and Elijah turns to Elisha and says, What can I do for you? I'm about to leave. I want to bless you. What can I do? Elisha had the boldness to say, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, a lot of people make a big deal, which I think is important. That Elijah had seven miracles. Elisha had 14, 15 miracles. So he asked for a double portion, but it wasn't just expressing miracles or in power. He said, I want a double anointing, a double sense of the presence God has put on you. I want that. That's significant. Elijah said, well, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> That's not what I do. I can't anoint you. I can pray for you. I can intercede. I can ask God to touch you, to heal you, to bless you. But God does that. But this is what Elijah said. He says, If you're with me at the very end, then you'll get it. But if you're not, you won't get it. In other words, what he said, we'll let God decide. (laughs) How many know that's a good decision? And sometimes we got to just get to that. We say, Okay, God, you do this in my life, you move him in my life. And he says, So, because God can make me lose you in all of us if he doesn't want to do this. And so they're going along, and then it happens. It happens. Incredible. These sh- like chariots of fire come down and sweep down in between Elijah and Elisha and divide them. And as they divide them, and, and the reason that had to happen is because God then sent a, a whirlwind. I imagine it more like a, a tornado. <laughs> a, a, a wind, a mighty wind picked Elijah right up into the air. And Elisha saw Elijah going, and when he did, his mantle, his cloak floated down, and Elijah picked it up, and then Elisha picked it up, and Elijah was gone. Now a lot of times that's the story you tell, and you want to stop there because that's not cool. Imagine, right? Chariots of fire, <laughs> angels driving them, you know, and and uh, fire and whirlwind and going up—it's just well, that's spectacular. But I think the power of the story is what happens next because everything's gone, and there's no more music, Mike's not leading worship anymore. I mean, you're, 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 it, 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 the service is over. And then you have to decide what to do. You have to decide, how am I gonna live? Because Elisha picked up that mantle, that cloak, that cloth, and walked to the edge of the Jordan, which was now flowing. It didn't stay open, <laughs> and that doesn't work that way. It was, it was water was everywhere, what do you do? What do you do at the water? What do you do at the, at, the, at the point here? You see, I think this is a familiar place. And I think it's a place that we all face and we all deal with. What do I do when there's a crisis? What do I do when I need to go over that and I can't get over there? <laughs> when I need to believe for that healing. When I need to believe that God's going to touch my marriage. When I believe God's going to help me in my relationships or in school or whatever. How do, I, how do I do that? How do I get over there? I mean, that ministry or that calling or that, that idea that God's going to use me. How do I get there? How do I get across? I remember... God first put in my heart to come here and plant this church in in Tampa. And uh, so Lisa and I, were prayed about it and such. And I can't tell the whole story. It's just so long. But it's just filled with God's miracle one after another. And so what happened is that I I got permission to come down here, and, and Lisa and I drove around with some friends to try to figure out where in the world we're supposed to plant a church. I just knew it was Tampa. I didn't realize Tampa Bay was so flipping big. There's big water right in the middle, and you gotta go all the way around it, and so we drove, it felt like it hours, it was probably an hour and a half, all the way around, started in Tampa, went down into Bradenton, um, and and Sarasota, and St. Pete, and Clearwater, and trying to figure out, and praying, and by the time I'm in, in Clearwater, I was depressed. Not because it's Clearwater, we love, we love Clearwater. But I was just thinking, God, where? How? I mean, I mean, you know, what do you do? Flip a coin? I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't get anything. It was really, and I knew it was somewhere, and so Lisa and I were just in the back seat, and you know, and, and you know, I don't do well in the back seat, so I'm probably a little bit carsick, and I don't want to tell my friends, you know, I'm supposed to be the man of God trying to find a place that God wants to use this. It just does, it, does, it doesn't fit. It didn't. Fit, it didn't it, I didn't feel any anointing, Sometimes you're at that Jordan. Sometimes you're at that water. Sometimes you've got to get that across, and there is no one there. You don't feel anything. So that just means you quit and you go home, right? It means that we just stop. No, that's not what God has. So we literally, we, we drove up the, uh, it was just a little two-lane Forest Lakes right here. And at this corner, right across, drove across racetrack. And as I drove across racetrack, and went into uh, just down the road even before we got to you know all the publics in the nice west Asia. as soon as i i drove over whoo i just felt something just something i thought whoa 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 you ever feel that god does it sometimes you don't feel anything but other times god is just there he's precious and i felt whoa i thought lisa this is it this is it and i expect her to go here <laughs> you know, because she he hears from god better than i do most of the time and she said, this is right. This is exactly right. This is where we need to be. We drove on a little bit further, and we saw the elementary school, and I thought, okay, that's where it is, West Chase Elementary. And that was a miracle itself because I thought, okay, we got to get in there. And they say, no, we don't want you in there. We haven't had a church in here for 10 years. We don't like churches. You're not going to happen. And how many know God opened that door? <laughs> that, there was some strong push, but there was a river in front of us, but God opened the door. God did it, and we were there for a year and a half. And then this opportunity came open, and believe me, when we moved in here, it did not look like this, did it, Mike? <laughs> we, it did not look like this. And I thought, ah, oh, so much smaller, but it was a permanent 24-7 building. So maybe this is what God wants. Maybe this is where God wants us. And, but, you know, I really prayed about it, and I wasn't too sure. But sometimes you just got to gotta take that step and think this is what God's doing. So we did that. We got in here. I didn't know the pandemic was coming. I didn't know that just a few years later, there wouldn't be any school there, there, that you could be in, that you would have to shut down, that you would only be online. I didn't know that, but God knew that. God placed us here, and the, and the moment we crossed that road, and that intersection was right there, and I thought, oh, no, we're supposed to be in. So when we moved down here, I had forgotten all about that until we were actually in here. One day, I looked down on that road, and I thought, wow, maybe God is in control. Come on. Maybe there is a God that's moving in our life. Maybe there is God that can do something in our life. You see, in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 14, I want you to, to see this. It says that Elisha took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah, right? Elijah went up, cloak came down. He struck the water with it, and as he struck it, he said, Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Where? Is God now? Sometimes you might look at that and you think that's that's probably Elisha saying, uh, you know, showing some doubt or showing some fear or showing. I hope Elijah's God shows up, but that's not how you need to see this at all because that's not what was in his heart. That's not what as you as you read everything you understand. He was actually declaring something so much more. It wasn't about fear. It was about this very first simple thought, asking God, "Where are you?" You know what that means. It means you're hungry for more. It means you have to be hungry for more. If you want more of God, if you want to surge uh, this summer, if you want to say, "God, I want you to do something in my life and my marriage and my family and my kids, really my kids." Or if you want to do something, uh, if you want to believe, then, then that really means you're going to have to be hungry for God. And that's what he was saying. He said, "God, I can't do this without you. I can't do this. It has to be. See, it wasn't enough that Elijah struck the water. It wasn't enough that he even had Elijah's cloak in his hand, and he could strike it with Elijah's cloak. It had to be him. It had to be something that's in him. You see, it's not enough. When you face your trials, it's not enough to know that your family loves God. Come on. It's not enough to know that your church is is there. It's not enough to know that you have friends that, that love God. Where are you? Where is God in your life? Are you hungry for God? Are you saying, God, I don't know if I I know how to do this. God, I I don't know where I'm going, but I need you. I want you. Elijah was incredible. He called fire down. In fact, in the first chapter of 2 Kings, the king was mad at him for saying he was going to, Elijah Elijah told him he was going to die. So he sent 50 men to kill him. And Elijah called fire and destroyed them all. So he sent another 50. Elijah called down fire and destroyed them all. Because that's what Elijah does, okay? Calls down fire. That's that's who he was. That wasn't Elisha, and that is significant. But <laughs> so the third captain shows up with his fifty men, and what does he do? He goes and falls flat before Elijah. And says, "Hey, I know you can kill me. Just don't kill me. Let me just let me bring you to the king, <laughs> and you could tell him you had the right heart." And so you know, Elijah said, "Okay." But this is who we're dealing with, right? So. Imagine being Elisha and you're following Elijah. Okay. Imagine doing that. Do you ever have someone you look up to? you ever, ever have a, a mentor or someone you're thinking, man, how do I do that? How does he know that much? I remember sitting in school and thinking of that and just with my mouth open with professors and doctors. And, man, how do they know this? How do they, this is incredible. You know, they, I can never do that. I can, how, how do you do this? It, how intimidating that must have felt. How hard that must have been for Elijah to do that. You see, in the end, it's not going to be because you have a cloak. It's only because you have God. And Do you have God? Where is God in your life? I love Psalm 73. It's your homework, by the way. Just going to give you homework. You think, man, came to church and gave me home. This is your homework. Read Psalm 73 and study it this week. It's powerful because you know what it's all about? Hungering for God, knowing more of God. 73, let me just read one verse. Verse 25 says, who have I in heaven but you? Earth has nothing I desire besides you. See, that's hunger. That's hunger when you say, God, I don't want a bigger car. I don't want a new house. I don't want, I don't want a bigger pool. I don't want all these things. Nothing on this earth holds anything from me. Only who I have in heaven. Only oh, God. That's hunger. Hungering for God. Are you hungry for God? So that's Elijah. He took that that cloak and he hid it and he said, God, I need you. I need you. I need you here. And the water parted. Are, are you satisfied with the world? Is that what gets you? Is that what you're yearning for? It's like sand through your fingers. I'm reminded of the young man that came to Jesus and, and, and said, Jesus, man, I want to I follow you. And Jesus was so impressed with him and so moved. He actually, if you look at the wording, it's, it seems clear that when he said, follow me to this young man, that he was telling him to follow him, just like one of his disciples. We might have had 13 disciples. Who knows? But he became very sad, the young man, because he was very rich. And he loved that more than God. He was hungry for the things of this world more than the things of God. You see, you can't say, Greg, I need to be spiritual. I don't know how to be spiritual. Okay, I get that. You can't change that. But you know what you can change? Your hunger. And you watch and see what happens when God does that. Here's, here's, here's the last thought. Asking God, where are you? Where God are you? Means you're willing to accept something new. You're willing to go into something new. See, God is a living God. And sometimes in church, it's easy to get old and stale. This is what we've done. This is what we've always done. This is how we do it. And I know it's easy to to fall into that. But God loves new. God embraces new. God is about you being into something new. And you know what? God has a new day for you today. He has a new experience. He has a new understanding of who he is. He has something new. That's what it means to surge in the things of God. It's important that we understand how do we step into something new. How do we believe for that? How do we, see, when, when Elisha said, I want double your spirit, he said, I want something new. I just want to be Elijah. And Elisha, if you look at the story, was not Elijah. Elijah was uh, was 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 strong with authority, but he was harsh. And John the Baptist is often related to Elijah. But Elisha came with power and authority. And Elisha, very often, instead of wiping them out, Elisha gave them a chance to, to change and such. And it was much more a picture of Christ coming and what Christ has brought into us and brought into our life. They, they, uh, when Elisha hit the water and crossed it, the prophets were watching him, the other ones, and they said, hey, you're the man now, but uh, we really like Elijah. Let's go make sure he's, he's not around anywhere. And, and Elijah goes, really, really? You just saw me do this and you're going to go back and look for Elijah. Are we not the same? I want to go back. I want to go back to the traditional. I want to go back to that. I want to go back. I want to go back to what I knew. (laughs) And God's saying, I got something new for you. Come on come on, I got something bigger. I got something greater. If you you, you just trust me, they looked for three days. They couldn't find him, and that was a perfect break for what was going to, what was and what would be, what Elisha was going to do, what Elisha was. In Joshua, it's really interesting. Joshua is the leader of uh, Israel. They're about to go into the promised land. Moses had already Passed away; it already died. Dead. And and but there was a hesitancy that you sense in Joshua. And I love Joshua chapter one verse two. Let me, let's look at that verse. It says, "Moses, God's talking to Joshua." I love it. Sometimes God's pretty direct. Sometimes God just says what oh, it is. He said, "Hey, Moses, my servant is dead. <laughs> That's dead. Let that go. Let it go." Let it go. Now's the time for you to get ready. Now's the time for you to cross the Jordan, the same Jordan that Elisha was at, <laughs> the same river, the same place, probably and that he was right there and said, "Okay, now's the time to get across this." And this is what I believe God is telling us: now's the time for you to take up and take a step. Elisha, when he took that and cloak and hid it, he was saying, "Where is God? I'm ready." <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go, God. I'm ready to do the new thing. I'm ready to do the new work. Elisha was Elijah was taken up into a whirlwind. I'm not very good with roller coasters. I used to pretend I was when I was younger, you know, because then I could take one or two before I actually threw up. But I never was very good at them. And now that I'm m- more mature, I, 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 I don't do I don't I don't do them at all, you know. But imagine. Imagine being taken up in that. Imagine being raised up in that. Imagine what, what that was at. And Elisha, Elisha has, saw that and he said, God, I want double that. I want a greater portion of all that. See, are we willing to believe for that? The disciples were, were told, Jesus said, this is how it used to be, but it won't be this way anymore because I'm going up and the Holy Spirit's coming and the power's going to come and you're going to touch this whole world. It's going to be new. Are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to believe for something new? Are you willing to believe for something greater? Something new. That's what God wants to do. That's what God is is trying to do in your life. You see Hebrews 10, 20. I love this verse. It very simply says that Jesus is a new and living way. Opened up for us through the curtain. Through his body. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus. That's our way. And think, Greg, how do I get there? How do I find this? How do I I experience God like that? How do I grow? How do I surge? It's always through Jesus. He is the new. He is the new. He is the relationship that God has for you. He is what God wants to do in your life. Do you receive the word this morning? Come on, give God thanks. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your grace and your power and your love. And God, I, I, I pray for every single person watching and every single person in this building right now, right here. And God, our hearts are hungry for you. And God, we want to step out into the new that you have for us. And God, it, it, sometimes the water is intimidating. We don't know what to do. But God, I pray that right now, through your presence and your power, you would touch every single heart. If there's anyone, God, that is not right with you in their life, has not reopened up who they are to you so that they'll receive your forgiveness, Lord, I pray they do it right now. So everyone, I want you to pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, come come into my heart. I I want everyone to pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. I receive you today. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for making me new and fresh. In the name of Jesus, amen. I love saying that prayer. I've known God all my life, and God still touches me. Because you know what? I'm hungry for him. Because you see, let me give you this last thought before Lisa comes. Come on up, love. That's cool. when Elijah came up to that Jordan River and he had that cloak in his hand? The Jordan River didn't say, whoa, 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 look at that cloak. He's got a cloak. (laughs) You know, he's wrapped it up. It's like a a rat's tail. He's going to hit me with it. Oh, no, I'm scared. No, the water was not intimidated. It was not going to divide because he had something in his hand. It was only going to divide because he had the authority of God in his life. And your life will change when we... I'll make sure that God is the authority in our life, that he is the one controlling our life, that he is the one that is guiding us and leading us. And that's my prayer. And I believe, come on, there is there's a new surge that God has for us. There I, don't don't allow that Jordan River, as muddy and dirty and fast and scary as it might be, whatever it is, it could be sickness, it could be uh, some kind of fear or doubt or even a, a, a new thing, a new ministry that, or a new area that God wants you to serve in and work in, don't, to, don't be afraid of it. Just see what God does and watch what God, because God will always divide and God will always move and give you the path to bring you into the most incredible place ever. Amen. Amen.